0: fellas welcome to episode 173 and this is a record-breaking uh podcast episode because we are going to be discussing the most premier league points albion have ever gained collected in their premier league history um and we might be breaking records again and again if we can get a couple more good results keep it up yeah Uh, adam craig how are we yeah pretty good yeah how about yourself? Uh, nothing to complain about.
1: 3-0 <laughs> away. Uh, away being the new home. Uh, it really I, is. I, I, I said this earlier in the Discord. We have a Discord, if, you, if people don't realise that, and, and you're nerds like we are. Right, hop on the Discord. There are links all over the socials. Probably the most definitive win we've had all season. I'm excluding the Watford games because they're not really a real football team. Um, but... massive massive did you ever feel like i didn't feel like we ever really threatened i think they had one shot on goal i know the one against the post at the end doesn't really count but just massive
0: a massive win and it was what the 84th minute that they had that on goal and it was just a light header from a rebound yeah
2: big big win it's crazy i mean it's a really good performance but again i I think we'll we'll go into a little bit as to how bad Wolves were as opposed to how good we were. Um, (laughs) I I thought they were shocking today.
0: Sounds like that's how they've been for a while now. Um, Sounds like they've been on quite the downward slope for quite a long time. Uh, The Wolves fans are not a fan of the lineup they're putting out there quite often.
2: I think it's like, what, seven defeats in ten? I think that, that European push came to an end a while ago.
0: Yeah. Big time. Uh, Alex in the chat, that was fun. Uh, Alex, if you were there, let us know how it was in the stadium, the atmosphere. If you're not, then uh, let us know how you felt about the NBC quality commentary. Um, (laughs) Because let's just touch on that, first of all. uh, If anyone out there listening uh, knows who the male commentator was um, of today's NBC Peacock commentary, I'd love to know. Um, Possibly the worst co-commentator I've heard in a long, 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 long time.
1: Yeah, he just went on rambles, really, talking about his past. Angry um, ones. Yeah. You <laughs> mentioned he sort of at one point was talking about John Terry having a 10-goal season. <laughs> uh, I don't know what he's talking about half the time. I was very close to muting it. Uh, but yeah, weird. Uh, but we do have the privilege of being able to watch the game from the comfort of our sofas thousands of miles away. So we'll take that.
0: Yeah, sounds like Alex did the same. So fair play to you. Um, For those who were at the stadium, uh, you were heard loud and clear from Molyneux, really loud uh, on the TV today, which is great. Um, Just, again, the age-old question of why can't we get this at the Amex? Um, Maybe we need to force all of the away fans into the North stand uh, this season. They just need to force whoever the most regular away goers are and make them all change seats to the North Um, or the West, wherever, but it's just as long as they're in a concentrated group. Um, because it really is again like night and day, isn't it?
2: It's great. I mean, yeah, it, it's the, the age-old question of why don't we have that at home? And um, but again, some of that's to do with our away record at the moment as well, <laughs> given um, our level of performances um, in comparison to at home. So uh, yeah, it's it's always been an issue. But I think uh, if if we're able to figure it out, we would have done a long time ago. I think. Oh, and I know the conversation has been done to death at this
1: point, isn't it? And, and mm. no one's got the answer to it. If there was an easy answer, it would have been solved, but um, maybe it's the transit. Maybe it's the acoustics. Maybe it's the fact that there's a few too many sort of, um, I don't want to do them a disservice, but let's say fair weather fans that turn up at home games on a nice sunny day out. There's probably elements of truth in in, in all of those things, but if there's a way that we can magnify the sound created by those ardent supporters that go to the away games, then let's do that.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Alex again in the chat. Oh my God. The commentary was awful. They just kept talking about themselves. Both of them. Yeah, I agree. It was bring back fan zone. I say. Uh that's, that's all I wanna do. Uh I wanna press that red button and watch watch fans against each other. That was always my
2: favourite. I, uh, I want the I cookbook. want the uh, I want the player cam back as well, just so I can watch ninety minutes of cooker rare only.
1: <laughs> yeah it's funny though well i don't know if you ever like whenever you used to watch the player game you used to get excited when it was on someone special back in like early 2000 early 2000s premier league and you'd realize how boring it actually is to watch one player like oh they just sort of stroll for like quite a lot of the time yeah it's silly isn't it i, I yeah. do i do feel like that we suffer from this problem like, we'll, we'll, we will talk about the game in a minute but we suffer from this problem of being a quote-unquote in quotation marks, club like Brighton is that most of the commentary that, that then is assigned to our games for the most part tends to feel like we get B, C, D tier commentary. And even when we get the A tier commentary, they don't watch enough of our football and they end up just talking about the bigger side that we're playing. And that's the frustrating thing, isn't it? It's it's, it's always, and we talked about this when we faced Spurs. God, what a terrible time Spurs had of it. What have they done? And, and not enough about what Potter what Brighton did so I think we're just gonna this is just the way it is unfortunately yep
0: yeah, this is a team that I've been bereft of goals all season and we've just scored three of them on the road let's let's at least acknowledge we were playing today um <laughs> it was it was astounding uh, and they were upset too they were really upset that they weren't getting more from the team they obviously hoped would do well um I think they wanted that late push for European places drama to commentate about and we gave them none of it, which was nice. Uh, I do enjoy us playing spoiler. Um, Alex in the chat, time to sell the Amex and move back to Chillingham. Uh, Well, they're about where they were when we left them. Uh, So they wouldn't, they probably wouldn't notice the difference. Um, They're they're not doing particularly great. Are they? Um,
1: This constantly, this was a weird, like coming into this game though, I don't know about you, but i certainly didn't expect three goals in total. Um, However, you, you break them out. I mean, I mean, Wolves have <laughs> Wolves have scored thirty three goals this season. Um, Watford have scored thirty two, and Everton have scored thirty four. Now, of course, they don't concede very many. So, a big, it's sort of a weird surprise all in all. If you combine prior to this today's game, the goals scored by Wolves, us, and Norwich, it's still not as many as Liverpool scored. So, like this, <laughs> you didn't expect this to be a massive goal fest, and. It was, unfortunately, it was all us.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no, I had nil-nil all over it for me. I I just assumed it was going to be nil-nil. As soon as I tuned in, I was like, this is going to be two teams on the beach and it's just going to be a nil-nil draw. Um, But very happy to report that that's not the case. Um, Two changes from our last game that we had. Uh, Morpé off um, and was it Webster as well? It was off. Webster was dropped, yeah. Yeah, uh for Solimarch um, and Besuma back from suspension yeah. um, from his two games. Uh, boy, oh boy, uh, did we miss him um, this, this last two games. But today, I'm not sure he made a huge amount of difference uh, in the middle of the park. Uh, such was Caicedo's unbelievable performance again, which I'm sure we'll get onto as well. Um, but he's obviously practiced taking long shots and keeping them low uh, in this last two weeks of absence. Um, because hallelujah, he hit the target. Uh, we pretty much matched them player for player, didn't we, today? Three, there's 3 5 2, 3 4 1 2, whatever you want to call it, 3 4 2 1. Um, we were a little bit more flexible than they were, and that showed massively. Um, how do you feel about that lineup? Uh, Alzate still on the bench, no more pay, uh, no Webster again, Lamptey on the bench. How are we feeling? So it was good.
2: Um, it's it's all about that midfield three at the moment as well with Basuma back, isn't it? Just, um, I think with Caicedo, Wepu, Basuma rule on the pitch, we've spoken about this before, about just the, the level of energy and dynamism they give us. Um, having Kukurea, obviously dunk seems to be back to his best after a pretty rusty spell. Um, I think, and I think Veltman doesn't get enough credit this year for being probably one of the most consistent performers that we've, we've had in a very long time. So, um, I think I was the same with you guys. I thought this had nil nil written all over it. I wasn't particularly, you know, expecting um, anything too crazy. But both of the teams came out of the gate pretty fast, and it was uh, it was pretty entertaining the first what the ninety minutes for us. But it was pretty back and forth the first twenty. There is. I,
1: I was looking back at the game that we played earlier this season against them, uh, and it's funny just how much has changed since then because. We were playing four at the back at that part at uh, that point. Um you Dan Byrne and Joel Veltman were our two central defenders. Uh Jakob Moda was obviously in the team and, and leading the line was Aaron Connolly. Um and we lost that game disappointing 1-0, if you remember.
0: Remember that game should never have took place, by the way. Yes. Because yes. that was the that was the COVID controversy, COVID, COVID game. Yeah, yeah.
1: But such a change where now I think there is. Casado's just been such a gem that's just fallen. I don't think he's at the club if shot didn't implode like they did. Uh, right? So, yep. and, and think how different our season would be without Casado, because I think he's been pivotal in about three, four games already since he's been back. His partnership with Basuma is next level. I think they lend themselves to one another incredibly well. Basutima didn't have one of his games where he sort of took everything by the scruff of the neck, put the team on his back and 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 sort of did his thing today. He was still very good, in my opinion. But
0: Kasado looks
1: just really, really interesting for the next few years.
0: And I think it's because of Kasado and Webu and McAllister finding, finding that sweet spot of what he's being asked to do that this isn't having to grab it by the scruff of the neck. He's able to... Focus on one or two things and do them obviously at a world class level. Yeah. Um, and he's he's able to do that while he can rely on players like that to be able to support him now, um, which he wasn't able to, right? Like two months ago, he'd, and that's no disrespect to these players, but Pascal Gross and Adam Lalana in the central midfield are just not, not comparable. You can put it's them not, together. They're not the same. Not yeah. The same. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Jakub Moda was being asked to play much, much further forward, uh, despite, you know, physicality wise, he's a bigger player, but he wasn't, he wasn't at that level that he wanted him to be.
1: And we're caught in a bit of a weird situation with someone like Lalana because I know that this is probably the end of his, probably the end of his playing tenure here, perhaps. Um but he, he used to want to be in the role that, Mwe, that Mwepu's playing right now. But he doesn't have the legs to do that. So he has to play that deeper role where he sits as a bit of an anchor. But that doesn't really work in the tactics that, that Potter wants to play. You almost need those two destroyers that sit in front of a back line, can intercept, pacey, and almost act as a bit more sort of box-to-box box and get forward and then get back in that time. Lalanda just can't do that and neither can grow. So it's like we've got two good players there they're still good players in their own right they just don't work in the way that we want to play
2: it's nice to have those options right and it's it may be that you know in the background and on the training ground they they're definitely worth having along and and they're, they're leaders to to these younger guys you, you, know, you still have to Except that Kaiseder yeah. is what twenty years old. You've got some young players in this team as well that need guidance and need that sort of um, wise head amongst amongst that squad. So um, what they're not bringing to us in just footballing ability in the starting eleven, I'm, I'm sure Lallana is pivotal in the background, and that's yeah, and that's great. And I think that's partially why the reason you do bring in guys like Welbeck and Lallana because they do they. Do bring a level-headedness to you know a been there done that type deal, and they know what this is about. Um, so when you do get Casado through the door, and he has to go through that adaptation to the Premier League, you have people that have been there and done that and can advise him on what to do. Um, it's just at the moment, Casado is operating on a, another level. I, I I can't believe it's very akin, and I'm, I'm a bit out there saying that, but almost a duck to water like Cucarea, where he's just he's come in and just taking it and made it his own. It's very very impressive.
0: Yep. Average age of that midfield today was 23 years old.
2: And to go to to Molyneux, who are, they are a a very good team defensively. You know, they've only scored 33, but they've also only let in 32. It's one of the best records they have. Um, So to to go there and and match them, you know, tit for tat and be able to put three past them and should have been more, um, you know, it's testament to that midfield just bossing it again. I thought they were amazing today.
0: I mean, it was only the top three, right, that are better than them: uh, Chelsea, Manchester City, and Liverpool. And prior to today, them and Chelsea were pretty much neck and neck. They're at twenty nine and twenty eight. Before we just put three past them and put them way over that thirty points uh, thirty goal marker. Um, so nice seeing shots outside the box early in the game by Mwepu. Um, I think Craig, you mentioned it a few times, broken record esque. Uh, but it's so nice to see a midfielder getting shots on target, isn't it? Just Breath of fresh air. Well,
2: you, you saw McAllister's effort like two minutes after nearly go out for like a throw in as well. I know he was pressured down, but like just having having Weppel on the ball and lining up for a shot. You're like, oh, this might actually go on target. This is this is a good feeling, and um, you know if you get it on target, you have a chance. It sounds stupid, but we're not used to that, especially this season. Yeah, I, I and it's it's so nice
1: to see it. I'm still a little who's not the finished product, right? He's still young. He's still trying to learn how to play in the premiership. Uh, cause when you see him, when he tracks back and tries to play out of tight spots, difficult situations, he does feel a little bit like there's some liability there, misplaced passes that happen. He, he gave the ball away for that early chance that the Wolves squandered across the, the, the face of goal. If you remember, um, there's going to have that. There's going to be that element to his game. So while we get the good stuff, we get him storming forward and smashing something on target. I still think there's some work to be done on his the defensive side of his game as well. Because just because of the speed of this league,
0: Yep. Stats wise, looking at the overarching ones, uh, it's an interesting one. It shows you why the eye test is very important uh, today. Uh, we edged possession fifty-one to forty-nine. Uh, we pretty much matched up in terms of. Successful tackles made. They dominated set pieces. Successful dribbles made. Uh, they were We edged them on the shots uh, until you take a look deeper in and realize that they had one shot on target, and we had nine. Uh, their XG was 0.44 to our 2.80. Um, two pens, of course, in that, which we're about to talk about. Um, but today was a good reason why it looks like a very – Back and like back and forth game, and for the first twenty minutes, it was. Uh, but for anybody at the stadium today, and anybody watching on the TV, there looked like there was only going to be one winner uh, in this entire affair.
2: Yeah,
1: it, it really didn't, it, and it wasn't. It wasn't close. I think getting into the, the player stuff as well. I know we're going to talk about the penalties, <laughs> plural. Uh, Mac for me was the best player on the pitch before that penalty miss. Uh, some of the stuff that he was was doing, just in terms of creating space, and some of the passing that he was pulling off, that is his. That's where he excels. When he gets a little bit of space, there's really not many players on the, on the team of any that can pick out a pass quite like him. He has that capability. Um, the penalty was, you know, not ideal, and I think we all collectively, everyone on on Twitter, was just thinking. Can we score penalties? Is this a do? Is there a curse? Is there a problem? And then everyone's heads explode, and we go back to that kind of: do we have a shooting coach? Can anyone on the team actually put the ball in the net on a consistent basis? And thankfully, that was quelled by the second penalty.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, let's talk about them uh, first of all. Let's talk about the first penalty, uh, obviously. Instead of not going to talk about the second first, makes no sense. Um, first pen handball uh, agreed or not was it a pen yeah yeah
2: yeah absolutely yeah. I don't know what he was thinking
0: yeah no, it was it was quite blatant wasn't it <laughs> uh, 33 minutes in um Alexis mcallister steps up how did you feel prior to the pen uh, of Alexis stepping up confident not confident bear in mind that we were we took five penalties this season prior to this and we had scored three out of the five. Uh, and we've scored 10 of our last 30. So I feel a little bit unhappy whenever we roll up to a penalty to kick. Um how did you all feel with Alexis stepping up?
2: It's the same. I think we've we've missed well up until that point we missed our last two. So, you know, it's three different penalty takers with More and Gross missing one each as well. Um I I haven't been confident in us taking penalties in a while. Um so I think it, there's always a general trepidation around <laughs> i' don't, i I just hope that, that they get it on target that's the and that <laughs> sounds horrible that sounds so horrible to say and um, but yeah the they clearly i mean we we're still trying to mix up and trying to find our penalty taker because we have mixed up a fair bit this year um but it, it's always it's always a nervy affair
1: i don't alexis doesn't it doesn't, oh, my stupid Amazon device nearly went off. It doesn't, uh, you've got to be careful with names with A L E X. He yeah. doesn't strike me necessarily purely as like, he doesn't fulfill comp- confidence when he steps up. Like, he looked a bit nervous. Uh, actually, maybe I'm projecting a little bit, but there's, we don't, it doesn't feel like we have a stone cold killer in the squad, right? That just, you know, you're like, if he puts his foot through the ball, it's just going to be absolutely in the back of the net top corner there's not there's not a player on the team that i feel like that about um and that's that's a the biggest summary of our overall challenges that we've had in front of goal um i don't know and i probably should do some more research on this is if, if undav is a that penalty taker whether he could step in but i, I hope so josh you've probably seen more games from on that he's side. a monster
0: he's a penalty t- kick monster
1: Yep. Great. All right. So hopefully he's like our, our cure
0: rule, our panacea in death comes in 15 goals, scores every penalty. But he's not I, even, he's not even good at Pence. He's never put in them in like perfect top bins. Like he's, he's the Jorginho of Pence. Like he absolutely psychs every Belgian keeper there is. They well, that's have. So perfect. We take it. When
1: we got no one like that, that I feel like no. that, that does
0: that at all.
1: Um, And I got to the point where when the second one came up, I just like put, Put one of the experienced guys on it, and maybe this is clutching at straws, but give just let Dunk take a penalty. You know, yeah, same. I I love a central defender penalty. I love him. I always, he especially
2: when it's him. for England. Every penalty it? shootout, he ropes them too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, he's he's a good taker. I mean, he even took off the direct free kicks for a bit too. So you know, clear, clearly, like, I think every penalty that I've seen him take, it goes top end. So and I I saw him and I was like, he is going to take this, but no, I. The nads on a on McAllister to to take that second one as well. That takes that takes some doing as well. So just hey, want to call that out.
1: Can you imagine if he missed it, the second one. It's just,
2: just an absolute implosion of confidence, really, isn't it? And that's what yeah. I mean. It's just yeah. the, the confidence to pick that back up and, and also for well, I guess for Dunk as well as the captain to say, you know, this <laughs> this is this is going this is how it's gonna go. Trossard wow. wanted it as well, didn't he? He was trying to get it. Mm. Yeah.
0: Second pen, was it a pen? I, uh, I think so. Yeah, it wasn't. Think, think it was as clean as at first for me. It was a blatant trip on the replay. Yeah, it's silly from the defender. Like it's just, he wasn't really going anywhere, was he? If they uh, if they hadn't done a little bit of uh, winding back, I think we could have had four pens today. They were very close to giving <laughs> two or two more away. Um, second penalty, same spot. Uh, only difference is he hit the net instead of the post. Um, like you said, can't even imagine what it would have been like if he'd missed both. Um, th- does he ever recover from that mentality wise on penalty kicks? Obviously, not overall, but Expensive on pens. Boca
1: Jr.'s next season, yeah.
0: I don't think he's ever given a pen again if he misses both. Um, obviously, as a player, he'll be fine. But as a penalty kick taker, I'm not sure you ever recover from that no. <laughs> uh, for a long time. Um, and it was right before halftime as well. So we came in. To half time thoroughly deserved of a lead, right? We absolutely deserved that. Um, and at half time, uh Bruno Large made two changes. Uh Raul Jimenez and NATO. Uh just coming back to fitness, a lot of Wolves fans were quite frustrated, I saw on social media, as they don't think he's fit enough to be back. It felt like a desperation maneuver. Uh Neves off, Silver off. Absolutely shite Silver, not he. I don't know. I don't know who on earth thought that this Fabio Silva was a player that can play it. How much did it cost? Oh. Fair whack, I think. Not very good, though. Um, so it's, it's like over thirty mil, I think, isn't it? I'm,
2: I'm
1: looking. Sure. I'm looking right Lots now. To if see I
0: if I can find it. Uh, and less than ten minutes later, Nelson Semedo goes down hamstring injury, uh, off-ball contact, like off-ball, not good. Probably oh, yeah. won't be seeing him again this season. I um, like it hurt. And they were then committed. (laughs) They had done all three subs uh, by 53 minutes. Um, And we were, I think we sat back a little bit in the beginning of that second half, um, which scared me a little bit. Um, We were kind of doing the whole come and beat us if you can nonsense. Um, And it scares me a lot whenever we do that. Uh, But Wolves had absolutely nothing to offer, Um, nothing at all. Um, and I think it was about the time Wepu went down, uh, with his injury, uh, which Potter has already came out and said, he doesn't know what it is. He said, he thinks it's fatigue, um, because he didn't, he's not come off and been able to say he felt his calf or anything like that. He said, maybe groin, but he certainly won't touching any of that area. It was, he was like grabbing his back of his calf. So I, I, it sounds like he was just tired and wanted out. Um, Around that time of that substitution, Adam Webster coming on, uh, all three of us were begging for Leandro Trossard to be substituted. Uh, <laughs> poor today. Greedy, held the ball, wasn't releasing players into space. When he was releasing the ball, it was behind players, slow, lethargic. He tried to do too much. Uh, and then promptly uh, almost wins a pen, but chooses to stay up. He'd have won a pen if he'd have gone down on that challenge. Uh, skips past two players and almost as casual as a playground. Uh, When you're in the playground, you're one-on-one, you just kind of smack it. Uh, He just bent it into the bottom corner as if it was never in doubt, as if it's just something he does every week. Um, And to me, I think the game was gone at that point for Wolves, 2-0, 70 minutes gone. You saw Molyneux just begin to empty and the players likewise.
1: I have been absolutely dragged on Twitter after um, <laughs> posting about Trossard being terrible. And of course, as soon as the goal was scored, um, a collection of people that I didn't know existed on the internet uh, started trying to roast me. Um, that's Trossard. And we talked about this, uh, Josh, you and I, a couple of pods ago, uh, when we were discussing contracts and whether to renew and all this kind of good stuff. Um, this is who Trossard is. There are games where he looks like he's a league one player and then he'll pop up and just do something absurd because he has that ability uh, in him. Um, just to give some like data to back this up. So I don't seem like an absolute imbecile. Trossard (laughs) was the, had the worst pass accuracy of every outfield player on our team today. The only person that had a worst pass accuracy was, was Bobby Sanchez. Um, He was terrible. And I think he was, he contributed to the fact that we couldn't get a second goal until he scored himself. Uh, There were tons of times where it just felt like he was just jamming the ball to nowhere, two Wolves players just mopping it up. He was a liability. I was so shocked he was on the pitch. And then he made us look like idiots. Uh,
2: That's him. That's just him. Yeah. He just has it in him, doesn't he? That's just that. If he if he was consistently that good, and we say this about all players, really, if he was consistently that good all the time, he wouldn't be at Brighton. Like, you know, and, and that's the that's the crux of it. Uh, you, you sort of you take the good with the bad, and we know that on his day, he is very very good. Um, so, and like Josh, you alluded to, just the nonchalant nature of of just whipping that ball into the corner like he like he does it in his sleep. Um, he is he is that good, and you. It's one of those players where you give him a couple of chances and he will take them. He's turning into that player now, and it's um, yeah. With with what a year and a bit left on his contract, we need to sort that out.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a rough one, isn't it? Um, speaking of, uh, all three goal scorers today have a to have just what just over a year left on their contract as it stands. Uh, all three goal scorers. Let that, let that sink in for your, your dreams tonight. Um, all three of them. Uh, shortly after that, we pretty much dominated the entire proceedings at this point. Uh, towards the end of the game, Bissouma, the happiest man to be there. Uh, very <laughs> delighted. Um, he took two touches, skipped past one player, and drilled it into the bottom corner as if he does that in his sleep as well. Um, <laughs> no celebration, no happiness, angry-faced boy. Um Despite his his uh, his peers trying to cheer him up, um, what was that all about? I would love to know from anyone at the stadium if he if he did a walk down the tunnel strop or if he was just being a tough guy uh, with his celebration or lack thereof.
1: I read um, that he was like really really happy at, at the end from from what, but I don't know. Someone someone should correct us if if they saw different.
0: Maybe it yeah. was just the the vibes. He was just showing them how it's done uh i don't know um great goal though can't complain about that uh totally wrong footed as well didn't he he just whipped it past him
2: really good yeah. and that's the thing is that we, we want more of that from him you know we, we know he's, he is world class i think that's on on show for everyone and the one thing that does have a question mark is is uh is a shooting ability um we, we often see him go high and wide most of the time. And, but when he connects, boy, does he. Um, so good to see him on the score sheet, obviously. But, you know, he'd he done his main job just incredibly well today alongside Caicedo in the middle. And that was the, the cherry on the top of the cake for him. It was a nice, tidy little finish. And we know he's capable of it. It's just a very few and far between.
1: Uh, I just really hope that... The, the next three games, in my opinion, are are really going to define at least one of the, or two of these players as futures at the club. Um, because I'm sure everyone's very aware of this, but we are currently in ninth position, right, after this win? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, there are four points to go to 15th. That's the difference. Um, so if you if you scuff your last few games there is a significant change between what this club gets from TV money next season, uh, win amounts, and just the overall feeling at the club too of some of these players, whether they feel like we're a club that are stuck in the doldrums of between 15th and and 8th, 15th, 17th in this Premier League, or whether we're going somewhere. And I know we've said this a number of times before. Um, We need to pay someone in this club someone needs to get paid because you can't just forever just perpetuate this system of never signing one of these players up and giving them money and providing my data is correct that i'm looking at on my screen here Trossard, basuma alex mcallister they're not paid as much as some of our like worst players at the club from an annual standpoint like they all earn less than joel veltman they all earn less than Florent Andone. They all earn less than Shane Duffy on an annual basis. Um, Neil Mope, Pascal Gross, Danny Welbeck, and Adam Lalana far and away biggest earner at the club. Take some of the Lallana money and, and put it into one of these guys. Just one or two. And for me, it, you, you, it, for me if, if, if there's any way to keep Ipissouma, you do it because he changes the, the whole perception of this team. Um, and I'd give up Trossard and I'd keep Mac I'd give him some money.
0: There. yep, it is nice though, isn't it? Uh, four games to go. Well, three games now. Uh, 3-0 up away from home and to bring on Tarek Lamptey and Pascal Gross uh, to see yeah. the game out uh, from a set-piece and counter-attack perspective. Um, there's not much more dangerous in the league to give Tarek Lamptey four minutes to just run uh, as opposed to 90. He, he he certainly had no qualms about it today. He was <laughs> flying down that right-hand side. Um, and yeah. overall, Like, what an overall performance. Would you go as far as to say that's our best performance of the season outside of, like you said, Watford, Adam?
1: (sighs) Dominant. Most dominant performance where as soon as that second goal went in, outside of that, just wasn't nervous. I'd say probably the, the Arsenal games are the only other ones that would compete in my mind just because of where Arsenal are in the table and what they're capable of.
2: It's up there, isn't it? Just the the performance itself, the controlling of the game. I mean, Wolves didn't help themselves by being on the beach and then forced into three very early subs, so they couldn't really change anything towards the end when they're chasing the game. But, I mean, like I said at the top as well, um, Wolves were awful today. I mean, you can only beat what's put in front of you, and, and by that, it's an amazing team performance. But... When you think of that Wolves team um, and just what they did, they were so they were so bad at the back, and, and just we were able to do whatever we wanted. Um, it should have been more than three. Um, so performance-wise, yeah, it's an amazing performance. Um, it's definitely up there. Uh, I don't know if it was our best.
0: It's uh, getting onto the players. Um, it was a pure team performance. There was very few that stood out there with like the vast majority of touches that you would see. Um, as per like, there were quite a lot of games where Danny Welbeck has 12 and Lewis Dunk has 111. Um, Wasn't the case today. Uh, even Danny Welbeck got stuck in. Um, but let's talk about uh, Player of the Season elect first uh, because he did dominate the touches proceedings, uh, almost 20 more than anybody else. Uh, the only good thing I think I heard from the commentaries mouth uh, all day uh, about Brighton and Olivier. Um, Mark Kukurea. Are we in danger of losing him this summer? No. To an outrageous bid? No, no, no. You don't think? No. But how good was he today? He's just
1: dominant. The fact that <laughs> the fact that we just play him as central defence and he's probably performance-wise now our best central defender. <laughs> no disrespect to Lewis Dunk. Oh, it's just stupid. He's 23. Uh, and he played for Getafe. Again, no disrespect to them. Um, he's astounding. Uh, but I, there's, there were a number of players today that made this game what it was. Lots of candidates, refreshingly, for, for, <coughs> for man of the match. Um, it, it, Kukure is just stunning. But like I said earlier, for me, outside of the penalty miss, Mac was really, really good in his role today. Um, I think he really excels against teams like Wolves that want to sit back and defend. It gives him that space, like I mentioned before. I thought Danny Wilbeck was really good today. Um, I know he didn't get goals, but he dropped a little bit deeper every now and then. and He opened up a lot of play. Um, some of the passes, I mean, we saw last week that ridiculous pass that you put over the top, that through ball. Um, he's got those in his lock. He's got that class. Um, we talked about Casado as well. Basuma was very good. There was this is one of those nice weeks where we
2: look around and we go it's four or five players that could be a man of the match it's incredible isn't it and it's just it's nice just to have that pick and choose and um, it's just when it coming back to, to Kukurea I mean teams have to be monitoring him right already there's there's no way that they're not um I don't think he goes this summer but I think there's a lot of eyes on him already um it's just just a case of when and not if I think like, I, I just mad that we got him for as low as it was, and like I said, he ducked to water in terms of the Premier League as well. He's so well suited. I saw an interview with him as well the other day where he says he's never played centre back in his entire life, and we put him there, and he looks like he's he's been doing it for years. Like that's that's the player that he is. The very lucky. I say lucky. We put the shift in and we monitored him for a, a very long time to bring him in, and that's testament to the to the scouting team for for once. Um, so incredible and the energy that he brings as well just um for for that that third goal for basuma as well you know you're talking 85 minutes in after doing a shift up and down that left wing even though he's playing at a center back role um to to completely sprint past trossard to go and get that ball i mean it's it's incredible he's a joy to watch
0: another one uh becoming a very joy joy to watch very quickly uh moises Caicedo. um Again, rounding out that midfield to become... I saw someone say he's going to become a Rolls-Royce of a midfielder. Uh, I would go as far as to say he already is acting like a Rolls-Royce of a midfielder. Uh, he never looks overexerted doing anything because he's just where he needs to be every time. Uh, I know Warren Aspinall was like absolutely gushing over him uh, on the BBC Sussex radio. Um, you've got to remember, this is a player that turned down Manchester United to join us. He is very much a well known entity amongst those scouting networks on the higher ups. His pedigree is already well known. Um My only my only thing is is like you said, Adam, like what could have been if, if Beershot had been slightly less mental. Um we could have been waiting until next year to see this kind of thing. How how good has he been and how good was he again today?
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's we see the best of him when he plays with with Basuma, as we as we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, I also want to say that it's very easy, and a lot of people like to throw our recruitment team under the bus. And Alex just mentioned in the in the chat when our recruitment get it right, they get it very right. I think because we put this club under a microscope, it's it's easy to forget how hard it is to sign very good players especially when they're young, when the percentage of these players that are promising youngsters that work out in the long term is terrible. I mean, we just talked about one five minutes ago, Fabio Silva at Wolves. I think I looked up 22.5 million he was signed for at 18 years of age. He looks crap. Um, We've had some misses, certainly. But when you look around this team and some of the players that have been signed this is why Newcastle keep trying to nab members of our staff and our players because of how well, those are business people think about the, what you want at Newcastle, whether they're scumbag human beings and their money comes from horrendous places. Uh, I'm not going to voice another opinion on that, but they know how to run a business and they look at Brighton as a very well-run business. And that's testament to to the recruitment team.
0: Yep. I think I've said it numerous times and argued with many on Twitter. Uh, I think our recruitment team as a whole is superb, right? Like, look at today's grouping. Marco Correa, Joel Veltman, what an unbelievable signing he's been. Caicedo, Besuma, Trossard, McAllister, Mwepu. All of these have been picked out Lamptey. of lesser leagues. Lamptey, cast-offs from top, league, come from top teams, yep. right? Uh, you, you know, we have a lot of these players. My My biggest complaint has always been that they just can't get it right. In a really important position at striker, and the, the data is backed up on that. We just yeah. don't get it right. Everywhere else, we just seem to just pick gold dust out every single time. Like at least once a season, we're we're bringing in a player that's just mercurial. Up front, we're doing the exact opposite. It seems like we we try and regress each year. Um, and I'm hoping that Undav will be the, the 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 end of that. And Undav is probably the first one in a while where it's an obvious signing to make and they've actually made it which is nice because it feels like that they've been like that for a while where it's like well he's available he's in the rumor mill as wanting to join a lower lower half team whatever and we just don't do anything um Undav seems to be the exception and uh, and hopefully he's the one that proves that we should just go a little bit more straightforward sometimes when it comes to some of these front men.
1: Well, it's the hardest position to sign for. It's like, it's like trying to get the quarterback in the NFL. And, and, and as a, you know, sad Browns fan, I won't necessarily cover the recent quarterback stuff that's going on there. (laughs) Um, But if you don't get that right, all the rest is challenging, but it's hard because every other team wants what you want. Every Premier League team wants a goal scorer Uh, and there isn't that many of them that are that efficient. And if you look, and that's why Wolves played 22 and a half million from an 18 year old. This is why we were doing all we could to sign Darwin Nunez, even before he went to Benfica, um, our favorite sort of meme transfer rumor that we've we've ever had. And there's a Nine months ago, Benfica fans were laughing at Darwin Nia, saying, please, can someone take him off our hands? Now he's being talked about as one of the top signings for a Champions League team this summer as a striker. Uh, It's hard to do this, but the fact that our team were even looking at him, because our our recruitment team can't just go out and nab a proven goalscorer because they won't come to this team. We can't afford to pay them, or we won't pay them, or they'll want to play in Europe so we have to sign them before they do that that's adding complexity and difficulty to an already difficult task so yeah
2: and that's and that's where we are getting it right and um, where you have these these signings from the top tier that are being released like Lampy, or whether you're seeing some South American talent emerging through yeah. and, and Corsero's is when you look at it on the face of it, when you have everything in front of you, it's an obvious 18 you know, year old playing the number eight role for his national team. Like that seems very simple. Um, but it's the effort that goes into that scouting recruitment that says, look, we can, we can give you what you want and you're nearly there and we won't stand in your way when you get there. Um, and I think that's making our recruitment easier. Now we're starting to get a reputation for that. You know, you can you can say to Caicedo, look, look at look at Ben White, look at Sanchez. Like we will give you playing time. You don't need to go to Man United right now. Um and and that's that's where we can start building that network and and start as a business, and, and people hate hearing that, but as a as a business, we start having these players come through and emerge, and then they can help us build alongside us helping them. It's a mutual benefit for both yeah a very young player and and an up and coming very well run club um so it's starting to and i know I say this I have no idea whatsoever so this is just coming out of my mouth and it's nonsense but when you start to build a potential reputation for helping young players to the top, those players are going to want to come to Brighton now without the hard sell um and, and that's what we're trying to probably achieve there and that's why everyone else looking in is going, we want to do what they're doing. Um, and it's all based around data analytics, based on Bloom's background, that whole moneyball term that's been thrown about now with, with Benham too. Um, you can see what we're trying to achieve and it takes time. And that's where our patient element comes from and, and that's where we just have to put our time. But now we're seeing the fruits of that label with Kaiseda, with these players coming through and it's like, damn, this is very, very exciting. Um, so. You know, we've we, we've got a big summer transfer window coming up. You know, we've got a lot of people coming out of contract, and we need to wrap those up first before <laughs> before we start looking at additional um you know pieces to that jigsaw. But um, there's never a dull moment when it comes to to our transfers, and I'm sure we'll talk about those at length.
0: Yes, yeah, I suspect that's going to be obviously the the key piece of conversation for like three months uh, <laughs> in the coming months. Uh, man of the match though today um who you got craig you first
2: uh it's hard to look past kukurea but purely because he gets the man of the match nine times out of ten this season and uh, i'm gonna go for probably Kaiseido again today i just I, I i can't believe how good he is for 20 years old and adam saying that you know basuma makes him better i think he makes basuma better as well he he's starting to make people better around him too he's becoming very good in that role. Um, I can't get enough of him. I can't wait to see him play more.
1: Um, Three shots, two on target, four key passes, 94.1% pass accuracy and an assist. Daniel Welbeck, man of the match for me.
0: Fair play. Uh, Yeah, not much to complain about on either of those two. Um, Because neither of you picked him, I'm going to go with Kukure. Uh, because I thought he really was just so good. Um, and I'm still so sad that Trossard didn't play him in uh, on that counter-attack where he was <laughs> literally all on his own um, on that left-hand side with no one near him. Um, I'm just so intrigued just to see how that move would have gone down if he'd have played that ball through. Um,
1: was that because... the one where Casado was also there and Trossard ignored both of them and yes. lost the ball? Yeah, yeah, yes. it sounds about right.
0: Yeah. Uh, he I think, oh. well he tried to play the pass to Kukurea about eight seconds too late and then was miles behind it. But
1: did he do any step overs before it? Probably. <laughs> yeah.
2: I can't. Sorry, we love Trossard, but he was crap until he scored. I can't wait until Kukurea scores. I want to see that hair go absolutely mental.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well we got it's Casado because Casado scored. I can't remember he hasn't, is has he? Oh
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, we need to get we need to get a couple of these. These new new guys on the on the score sheet before the season ends.
0: Yep. Uh, elsewhere around the league, uh, some interesting results uh, this morning. Uh, Burnley came back from one 0 down against Watford to condemn them to the drop uh, deservedly. Norwich are definitely gone. Mathematically, they are zippo. Uh, Watford probably next week. I and mean, um, there's only a, there's only a point between them, isn't it? So. So Watford's
2: form is just Just horrendous It looks like a murder You see, Do you see their home form this season? I think they got seven points from home this season uh, Someone's Support. trying to compete with the Amex
1: um, yeah. it, it, The how, how quickly do you think Everton fans went from <laughs> Loving Watford and, and you know Trying to buy property there To <laughs> deciding that they are
0: now Their arch nemesis well (laughs) they may well get to continue that rivalry uh in a couple of months time um yeah because they are in deep trouble chelsea tomorrow for everton um doesn't get much 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 harder really yeah then lester after that and then they actually
2: they do play watford the 11th of
0: may yeah uh Prayers up for the uh, for the incredibly insightful Donny van der Beek, who rejected Newcastle's loan transfer because he doesn't fancy a relegation battle. Um, <laughs> good luck to Donny this weekend. Uh, doesn't get any easier for you, mate.
1: Well, it um, does, actually, because he gets to go back to Man United and get managed by his old manager. So he's probably sure. actually happy.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, but on the whole, quite hilarious to look back at that article. Um Up top, Liverpool and Manchester City uh, cracking on there. Manchester City need a win, uh, which they are promptly in the process of doing against Leeds currently to keep that title race alive. Uh, The top four are fighting desperately not to take top four. Um, And Brighton of Albion are just coolly and calmly, sneaking into that top ten again. uh, Sitting there in ninth place. And I would argue with three games that are absolutely winnable um, we don't have a Manchester City we don't have a Liverpool we don't have a Chelsea for example they're the ones where you just go well we're, we're effed um, we have the quite frankly appalling Manchester United uh, that do love to get absolutely victimised results against us so even at their worst they tend to beat us through and if they don't beat us they just bring the game back after it finished and win anyway
1: yeah, yeah. shout um, out to the worst moment in football history when games <laughs> ended and a penalty gets awarded I and, still can't get over that.
0: As as of present, uh, we've also got 17th place Leeds United, who are now just as much in the relegation battle as Burnley, really, um, because they are now t- below Burnley on goal difference. Um, they've Leeds had some life
1: them. in them recently, though, Leeds. I, I know Man City is unfair, but they've been pretty good under the... Yeah, three, under,
2: um, three wins in the last six. Ted so. Lasso, haven't they?
0: Yeah. And thank God they have for them because mm. they, they could well be down there if they'd be in much more trouble if they hadn't.
1: 68 um, goals conceded, which is just a crime. <laughs> that's
2: a lot.
0: Only Watford and Norwich have more. Um, and only by I'm Not three. in three, yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, that says everything you need to know, I think, uh, in terms of just how poor they've been this year. Uh, they, are, they are, if they stay up, they are the epitome of there are three teams worse than Leeds this year. Um, yes. And that's the only reason they're not going down.
1: Yeah, com- completely agree. I mean, that <laughs> people keep giving Newcastle all this praise because I, I also know that uh, I figured they'd buy their way out in January, but there were a lot of calls for Newcastle going down at a certain point and they've clawed their way out of it. There's talks about Eddie Howe. Is he maybe manager of the year, perhaps? <laughs> um, no team, I saw something earlier, has ever spent even close to what they did in the January transfer. I think they almost doubled it um, when they've been a bottom half team. So they truly bought their way out of their problem. Um, Dan Burns solidified their team, but Bruno Gimaraes has been unbelievably good scoring goals, even though he's not a goal scorer. So yeah, let's not give Newcastle too much credit, and they're now breathing down our necks a little bit here. But the fact that we just battered the team above us 3-0 away from home proves to me that this league is an absolute circus this year when it when it comes from pretty much about fourth place to about 18th
0: yeah pretty much uh craig just shared it with us uh talking of players that are probably due to be back with us and playing a pretty important role next year uh is blackburn's player of the year winner uh jan paul van heck or Heckey. I don't know how you say that last name. Uh
1: not sure. Um but what what the heck in some ways, yeah.
0: Yeah, what the heck. Uh Blackburn Rovers fell off it a little bit, haven't they? They'll be uh they're not even in the playoffs um after what was a superb season for the majority uh championship, mm-hmm. difficult place to go. Um, but another one of those players that may well be one of those lonies that come back, Alexis McAllister, uh what we're seeing now with Caicedo, um, I suspect. He will inject a pretty uh, needed youthful exuberance in that centre half grouping. uh, Given Donkey is on the wrong side of thirty, Duffy is on the wrong side of thirty, not that he's playing much anymore. Veltman is on the wrong side of thirty as well, uh, and Webster is kind of sitting in his prime there at twenty seven. I suspect that Jampool will be playing a pretty major role in that back line come next season. Do you agree? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good, that's a really good season for him. I think from what
2: I've heard, he's been, he's been solid and I fully expect him to be integrated. Um, That's if he wants to be
1: there. Um, did Kadju got injured, didn't he? Because he's been out of the team for quite a while. Because there was a period of about six weeks there where he was doing really well for Blackburn as well. He um, would, yeah,
0: a lot of them were begging them to sign him. Begging. Yeah.
1: Uh, and there's, well, th- this was at the point where, uh, or is it? Yeah, Bariton Diaz was, was going to be uh, signing of the January transfer window and come in and bang in 15 goals before the end of the season. So, yeah, a lot, lot can change.
0: But he's another yep. one. Contra. Yep. By all accounts, played well. Um, I think that's about it. Manchester United week- next weekend, uh, late kickoff. Uh, I believe. I think it's 12.30 Eastern, um, so you'll be getting that nice late kickoff there in the UK. Um, what do you think we need to do to get some kind of win against Manchester United? Just bend time and space uh, to kind of like avoid them being able to cheat? Like, What, <laughs> what, if, what do we think here coming into next weekend? Uh, obviously Mwepu is a doubt, possibly, uh, or it really was just fatigue and he might be absolutely fine. Um, outside of that it seems like everybody's available with the exception of Sarmiento. Um, he just, might be back as well though it's a really short time didn't they yeah. said, a, said a week or two didn't yeah, they it 10 wasn't... days yeah. so what uh, are our thoughts Manchester
1: well I th- we're just going to end up eating our words aren't we because Man United are crap uh, and they've been battered in recent few games here I mean like, I think the problem also with them is that they're just appalling to watch. Like that Chelsea game was just bad. It was a bad football game. Um, they got smashed by Arsenal, smashed by Liverpool, conceded two goals, and were lucky to get away with a win at Norwich. And 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 lost to Everton. That's their recent form. Um, so, this if there's ever been a time, I know we kind of said this at the last Man U game as well, uh, where you can beat this team, it's now. Uh, and I. Even in the, when we played them earlier in the season, there was a lot of fortune that happened there, wasn't there? Like it was a bit of a Jack Bruno Fernandez stupidity goal. There was a lot of stuff going on there. I don't think we were playing this slightly newfound formation that Potter started to, to trot out, where we you play that arrow at the top of the three players and we sit the, 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 the two deep. I'd like to see that against Manu because they're a bad football team and this is a winnable game.
2: I th- I think we're, we're in a good vein of form right now in terms of performances and results too. I think we we can definitely take it to them. I think if we if we play our own game rather than be reactive, I think we we definitely stand a chance. It is at home though, so that's the downside.
0: Yes. That that's my only <laughs> real concern. Yeah, frankly. it's crazy
1: to say um, that, isn't it? But it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's going to be a real good test uh, as to what that Amex fan base can do. Uh and what Well, what the team can do at home. See if they can exercise some demons here uh, because we've only got one more home game after this um, against West Ham who also have been very hit and miss lately. Um, So the opportunities will be there. Um, Uh, Most certainly against Manchester United, the opportunities will present themselves. uh,
1: Guns your head, without looking up, when's when's the last time we won a game at home? What, What month?
0: Boxing Day?
2: Yeah, correct. Yeah it's only because I was there yeah
0: yeah. I think if it wasn't a day you know what I <laughs> mean like a, yeah, if yeah. it was like November 12th I probably wouldn't have remembered um, but yeah that's incredible yeah. yeah it's not okay is it
2: it's not okay I mean well, we've got one in
0: 2022
2: yeah and it's May
0: tomorrow <laughs> that's shocking that's really bad um, good, would be nice job. to get it against Manchester United too
2: yeah Good job our away form is borderline Champions
0: League. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, All right, man. fellas. Uh, I think that's just about everything. Do you have anything else you want to bring up before uh, we set off?
1: Uh, let us know. Have you seen on social? We, we we got some new logo and background and things like that created by someone that is way better at drawing and art than we are. We're to do something a little bit different. So let us know what you think. We kind of took some inspiration from the... the You know, brighten our old coat of arms and things like that. It's a little bit of fun. So let us know what you think about that. That Was that was quite a fun little project for us to do. That's it.
0: All right, cool. Well, have a wonderful uh, week ahead of you. Welcome to May. Holy shit, Uh, that's (laughs) this. This is this this is going quite quick. Um, And yeah, we'll be back for Manchester United chat uh, next weekend. Hopefully, uh, we can get another three points um, and continue just to add into that record title. Really. Why not? Top 10. The quest for top 10 finish. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks all.